0: Well, that was great. You, you're better than the church that I normally, I have to say that twice usually before people <laughs> respond. My, uh, my name is Daryl Mady. Uh, I'm a pastor at the uh, Green Tree Community Church and I happen to be one of Milan's preaching instructors, so you can either thank me or throw rocks at me later. Uh, but I'm really glad to be here helping him out as he's on his uh, study leave. Um, I'm glad to be serving you as well. And uh, it's kind of it's this is, this is kind of fun for us. My my children said, "Dad, we really like this church." You know, it's so cute. Got these great decorations and it's really intimate. Um so uh thanks for for having me here this morning and it's snowing outside, so that creates both a sense of wonder and also anxiety because you know, we don't know if we're going to get home uh, safely. Anyway, so I'm mindful of the snow um, as I'm preaching here. We're going to continue the Advent series that Mylon has started on unexpected, unexpected things, looking for unexpected things that the Lord has done to bring about the redemption of humanity and, and of his children. You know, when you want to do something big, um, make a big impact in the world, you, you, you may think to yourself, you know, what, what do we need? Well, we need, we need the best people. We need uh, the biggest resources. Um, we need lots and lots of money if we're going to make a big impact, right? A big ad campaign or research and development. And that's what we ex- would expect if we want to make an impact in the world. That's what we would trust. And the thing that perhaps you're seeing already in this series, and certainly we'll see this morning, is, is that that's not, that's not God's way. He uses the weak and foolish things of the world to accomplish his ends. And the question for all of us is, are we willing to go along with that kind of plan? Are we willing to trust him and his methods? And that's what we're going to take a look at as, as we read Luke chapter 1. And I apologize in advance for the smallness of the text. I, uh, I should have asked how big the screens were. So you can, you can follow along there if you have good vision. It's all good. You fixed it? Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we thank you that you've been with us already in worship. And we ask now that as we look at your word, that you would be moving in us to give us understanding, not just to the vocabulary and the grammatical structure of things, but the spiritual application of it. Father, uh, would we be open to your ways, um, to your means? Um, help us to be open to the unexpected. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, people back in my church know this well about me, but you you just met me, so you don't know this. I I love things all things space. I, I I love astronomy. I love astrophysics. Uh, I love the space program. I, I look into uh, you know the private adventures in uh, space travel. Maybe you're all familiar with SpaceX. Are you familiar with SpaceX? Yes, and Elon Musk. Well, Elon Musk founded SpaceX to provide a cheaper means of space travel with the eventual goal of colonizing Mars. That's a big goal. That's like, you know, kind of like a, a changing humanity kind of uh, task that he's put before himself. Um, but, you know, he's, he's kind of moving along towards that, that goal. He revolutionized space travel with reusable rockets. He developed heavy, lift, heavy lifting capacity. Uh, he brought the cost of cargo missions from $140 million down to $60 million. Now, you know that still seems like a whole lot of money to me, but but uh, you know he's cut it in half, and he's well on the way to sending people to Mars, and the company was privately uh, valued recently at thirty three billion dollars. How how did he start a company like that? Well, he's uh, he's one of the smartest people on the planet, and that, that certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and then he invested $100 million of his own money to start this company, and he hired lots of other smartest people on the planet to help him. And so that, that plan, lots of money, uh, the best people, great resources, that's not exactly unexpected. There were lots of people who thought he was crazy, but if you were going to you know, put the ingredients together to, to accomplish this, he was doing it the way you would expect it. To, uh, money, brains, desire, uh, guts. That's, that's expected. Now, I want you to think about this. What if, what if he didn't follow that plan? What if he, uh, he didn't invest a whole lot of money? What if he hired untrained and average folk who felt kind of tentative about the project? Mm, I'm not sure we can really do this, but yeah, we'll give it a try. You know, that's not really a recipe for success. At least not in my estimation. But That's exactly what God did. He, he gathers unexpected, untrained, ill-equipped people to accomplish ends that change everything. That's what we're looking at this morning. God using the weak and foolish to change the world. And the question is, will we trust Him? When He uses those methods, when He uses those means, are we going to really trust and go along with Him? As we look at the announcement to Mary and how she would be used by God to change the world, bring about salvation, there's lots of things we can see, and we can't talk about all of them, but I want to talk about three. Um, Three unexpected things. First is that there was an unexpected assignment that that, uh, she would be the mother of the Savior of the world, Uh, that God was going to use unexpected means. Now, people come into the world in the normal way, women get pregnant and have babies, but an unplanned pregnancy and a scandalous one at that—that that is unexpected. And then we see this unexpected submission, a surprising willingness on Mary's part to serve. So let's begin with the unexpected assignment. The archangel Gabriel comes to Mary and he congratulates her. Notice here—he he doesn't ask, "Hey, would you be willing to do this?" He, he she doesn't even know what 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 um, he's congratulating her about. He just says. You know, congratulations, O oh favored one. She's like, what, what is going on here? This is troubling. Yes, it's a greeting, but I feel like something—some there's going to be another shoe to drop here. Um, here it is in verse 28. Greetings, O oh favored one. The Lord is with you. Verse 30. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary is just an average girl from, from a podunk town. Okay, She doesn't think of herself as anybody. And she, was, she could be as young as 15 years old. Okay, She was very young. And she gets this message. You, through you, the world is going to change. Um, He starts listing off all these things. You'll call his name Jesus. Uh, That's uh, derived from Yeshua or Joshua, which means to rescue or deliver. So, okay, this is going to be a deliverer, the son of the most high. Uh, we would say the Son of God. There's not a full understanding right yet that, uh, right then, that He's going to be divine. But, but it's the idea that, that uh, He's going to be about His Father's business. He's working for His Father. Uh, the th- he's going to have the throne of David, His Father. So, you know, Mary was a descendant of David, as was Joseph, um, and He's going to take up the glory, the former glory of Israel, going to be restored. He'll reign over the house of Jacob. It's connecting it to the founding of Israel, and his kingdom will be eternal. If there was any question in Mary's mind before, it's now clear she is going to be the mother of the Messiah, the one who's going to restore Israel, the promised one. Mary is given an essential role in God's cosmic plan. Maybe she was a little bit overwhelmed by that. You think maybe? Have you ever been assigned a task that you think is too big for you? You don't feel ready to do it? And it can go in two directions. One, it can go in this overwhelming honor to do it or this overwhelming hardship. Maybe it's at work, you you were given a major account or a new management position. You You have to work with people and help direct them to get things done. Or maybe it's something with your family, the care for an ailing family member or a child with special needs. Uh, or, hearing that you 're pregnant with multiples, um, certainly there 's joy in hearing about the uh, new life, but it can be overwhelming I, I remember being at the er- at an early ultrasound with my wife. We already had a fourteen month old that was a number of years ago, as you can see, my kids are much larger than that now um, but we, we, we were six weeks into this pregnancy. And uh, the doctor was there and with the ultrasound, and I could see on the screen the ultrasound picture, and she's moving around, and I see some odd things, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and the doctor says, okay, here's the baby, and here's the other baby. And for a split second, I thought it was a joke, and then I realized it wasn't, and my legs almost failed me in the moment. Um... I'm not ready for this. I don't have the resources. We don't have the proper family support around us. We live far away from our family. We don't have the right cars. We don't have the right anything. This was an overwhelming blessing. And you can see them right there now, 17 years later. I would imagine Mary felt the same way. And how did the angel bring her comfort? Verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And more explicitly, earlier in verse 28, 28, the Lord is with you. And we talked about that earlier. If God is for us, what can stand against us? What better news could she get? in experiencing the unexpected, that God is with her. The assignments of hardship and even blessing are often unexpected, but the Lord is with you. So trust Him. He's working the good of His children. He's working your good. Now, beyond the unexpected assignment, um, God often uses unexpected means. The angel announces... That Mary is going to be the mother of the Savior, and she has an obvious question: um, How can that be? Uh, you know, there are certain things that haven't happened in my life. Um, I'm a virgin, and it's not simply that she's not married; she's never participated in the usual means of producing a baby. Uh, I can't have a child; it's not possible. And and then we see, uh, like in many other places in Scripture, that when that we should never say the word impossible when in the presence of God. The angel answers her, "...the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son." And this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, as as Christians, and probably many of you grew up in the church, uh, we grow up with this idea. Nothing's impossible for God. We say it over and over and over again, but do we believe it? Sure, all things are possible with God, but God's not, not going to do the impossible. did here have you faced impossible situations and here's the thing i know the answer to all of you have lived life or at least a little bit the answer is yes we all have faced impossible situations wondering where the mortgage payment's going to come from at your wits end with a rebellious child or maybe you're just completely out of gas with your marriage how can things change? We say to ourselves, it's not possible. Now, I don't know what God's going to do in your specific lives, how God's going to resolve your current situation, but I do know that God is at work for the good of his children and that nothing is impossible for him. So I would say to you, keep on keeping on, keep believing, keep being faithful. Um, and keep looking for what God might do in your impossible situation, because He's with you, He loves you, and He's going to do something good. There's more to the unexpected means than simply a miracle. Uh, there's also this scandalous unplanned pregnancy in an age that that was not as permissive as ours is, not as understanding. Uh, beginning life under the cloud of a scandal is not the expected best way to start the career of the Messiah, uh, the inheritor of David's throne. But it is God's way to, to take the foolish things of the world, the weak things of the world, to do the most amazing things. Now, I want to tell the story not of a divine savior, uh, but of a uh, poor kid from, from rural Illinois, a nobody, who did have an impact on the world. Um, he was a church kid, not a great student, uh, involved in athletics. Later, he became a uh, radio announcer, uh, sports radio announcer, and later he acted in Hollywood B movies, um, like uh, uh, such, such uh, classics as The Cowboy from Brooklyn. Uh, and, uh, and I may be giving some of this away when I say this, and he started a movie with a chimp. Not exactly the things that, that you would do to, to, to raise a world leader. You know, a lot of people, when, when he did run for office, thought this man does not have any gravitas at all. I mean, that, that, was typic, that was a typical thing said of him. He was thought of as a joke. Yet in God's providence, Ronald Reagan became the first president ever to have been a professional actor. Also, he was the first president ever to have been divorced. Which was considered back in those days kind of poison for your political career. He was a nobody who God used in his providence, not saying he's a divine savior. I don't want to get into the politics at all about this. But I'm making the point that God took somebody who was thought of as a nobody to change the world. He was instrumental in the fall of the Soviet Union, the largest and most successful oppressive regime in modern times. You know, many of us have the sense that we're nobody, nobody important. Sometimes some of us think we are God's gift to the world, but that's another problem for another sermon. Um, Nobody is a nobody to God. He loves his children. He loves you by name. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die abstractly for people. He was thinking of of the children he would save. He loves you by name. His favor is upon you to redeem you from the misery of sin and the power of death. That's why Jesus came to love the world, to love you. And if God is with you, he will find a way for you. And the way, the means, is usually unexpected. Now, finally, we see something in Mary that is unexpected and that is. Submission. Verse 38, Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Um, I find this very hard personally. Uh, We think about submission. It's not a popular idea today partly because there have been so many abuses of power, whether it's in the workplace or in domestic relationships or in, in, in the, among the different ethnicities and races. Uh, we much prefer the idea of empowerment, giving people power so that they can advocate for themselves, which is a great idea in and of itself. But the idea of trusting in authority, that's hard. Um, what we expect when an authority tells us to do something we wonder if it's in our best interest. We question it, we resist it, we rebel. Um, you know, uh, in m- many homes, maybe among your children, you hear this, this phrase, you're not the boss of me. We struggle with it. And that struggle is expected. You know, last year I uh, received a letter from from the St. Louis County government and I was to report to the Clayton Municipal Building, the courthouse, to report for Anybody? Can anybody guess? Jury duty. Jury duty. <laughs> uh, I I was not excited about that unexpected letter, um, but I went, and I sat in a room, and they were pulling numbers out of, I don't know where, but it was some sort of lottery, and uh, hoping my name wouldn't be called, and the first round it wasn't called, and then the second round it, it wasn't called, and the third round it wasn't called, and I was beginning to think, maybe they won't call my name at all. My number won't come up. And the fourth round, and the fifth, the sixth round, my number came up. And it wasn't just any, uh, uh, kind of jury duty, it was, it was to be a candidate for grand jury duty. That's exactly right. I was like, "Oh no," because now it's not just going to be today or tomorrow, or whatever case. This is going to be something I'm going to serve in once a week for months. And I went before the judge, and he interviewed. He interviewed all us. Okay, what's, what's your availability? What's your profession? What's your occupation? And I was really eager to tell him I'm a pastor, because they really, generally speaking, don't like people with strong moral opinions. You know, they they. <laughs> They want people who are open-minded, and they don't consider people like me open-minded. And I was happy to to be mischaracterized. (laughs) And they didn't call me. They didn't call me for for that duty, and I couldn't have been more excited. Thank the Lord. Uh, But how different was Mary's attitude? Here I am, a pastor, someone who is championing uh, both justice and mercy, but I was reluctant, maybe even unwilling to serve. And Mary, a teenage girl, asked to bear the shame of an unplanned pregnancy, have her life turned completely upside down, submitting to the call. Let it be to me. According to your word. That's unexpected. What is the Lord calling you to? Something unexpected, something unwanted, something you feel ill-suited and ill-equipped to do. Elon Musk, he had resources, he had desire, he had guts. You don't think you have any of those things. Certainly sounds like a recipe for uh, for failure. But we have to remember that Mary was ill-suited and ill-equipped to raise the Savior of the world. Except for one thing, the Lord was with her. And if you put your trust in Christ, the Lord is with you. Will you submit yourself to his calling, and to his leading, and to whatever unexpected, unwelcome task he's brought into your life? And if you do that, you're going to find, just like in that first Christmas, you will find the Lord doing the most life-changing and amazing things. Trust Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the time we've had here this morning and the opportunity. We have to worship You and to remember um, that first, Your first coming into the world. And we pray, Lord, that uh, You would open our hearts to Your leading, to Your Word, to the unexpected that we might see that nothing is impossible for You but also see your love for us more clearly, more profoundly. Lord, work in us a trust of you, and would it change everything in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.